Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to the second hour of Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate agents. Now, Jack, last week we had a conversation around Tasmania's Mount Rushmore. Today we're very lucky to have joined with us the goat of Tasmania. He is the goat, sport, isn't he? As, as voted by our social media listeners. Uh, the great Ricky Ponting. Rick, thanks for joining us, mate. G'day, boys. How are you? Not too bad, punter. Not too bad. Uh, where do you? Where are you joining us from? Because you're uh, obviously a great Tasmanian, born, bred in Mowbray, right up there, just uh, northern suburbs of Launceston. But you've you've made the move. You've gone all around the country. Where are you situated at the moment? Yeah, made the move a long time ago, Jack. I moved away from Tassie when I was about 26, I think, when I met my uh, my now wife Rihanna. We lived in Sydney for about. 10 years, and uh, as you'll be well aware, living in Melbourne, I've been in Melbourne now for about for nearly eight years. So, um, yeah, it's been a, a bit of a journey around different parts of the country, and um, I'm very happy that we're settled here in Melbourne. The kids are loving their school life here, and we've got a really good, close group of family, friends, and everything now in Melbourne. So, um, yeah, it's going really well. Yeah, excellent, Rick. I know you've never also forgotten where you come from, and, and clearly after one episode, an avid listener of our show, I'm sure you heard last week the Mount Rushmore discussion, of which you've come out on top. We're just wondering... Uh, as a passionate Tasmanian, what, what are your top... Let's go with your top three uh, Tasmanian sportsmen of all time. Whoa, you put me on the spot here, Painty. That's the um, idea of it. You can have I, greyhounds in there too if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did David Foster's name come up in he any was, he was on He was Painty's Good. second. Yeah, no, he had, yeah. He had second. How many, how many world records did he have there for a while? Um, a th- over 1,000 titles. 21 consecutive. Yeah, there you go. There you go, so... That's uh, it's a pretty amazing achievement. Um, I must admit, I wasn't even aware of this thing that you're talking about. I, I didn't tune into your first episode. You didn't I, was flat. Oh. I wasn't. Well, I was a bit flat. I didn't get invited on for the first show, to be honest. Oh, we had the premiere on, mate. Come on. Yeah. You, you pull a bit of weight, but the premiere is pretty important. Jeez, <laughs> um, who are they? Um, well, I, I had um, I had uh, Richie Port in there as fourth, but we had Ariane yeah. Tipmer. She, she was the one that a lot of people have been saying that due to her oh, fantastic... Uh, achievements at Tokyo 2021 um, that she actually might be pushing you for for the first spot on the uh, the Mount Rushmore. That was controversial, wasn't it, mate? There's absolutely well, there's a, there's absolutely no doubt about that. And probably give her one more at Commonwealth and Olympic Games, and she'll be well and truly ahead of probably anyone else in in Tasmanian sporting uh, history. So yeah, she's. Uh, I mean, that was just magnificent, wasn't it? Sit back and watch her and the whole Australian Olympic team really go about their work over the over the last few weeks. I must admit, I was a little bit sceptical and wasn't really sure how the games were going to go, to be honest. But like a lot of people, I found myself sitting up during the during the day most days and, and tuning in to, to watch it. So uh, that was fantastic. She represented Tasmania and Australia brilliantly and, and she could obviously should be in that in that conversation. So did you pick yourself, Jack? I wouldn't uh, be surprised if you yourself in there. Fifth. No, fifth. <laughs> Painty had me in, but I had to um, take myself out. It would be a bit um, self-indulgent if I had myself in there. So... Uh, but, but Punty, obviously we mentioned you're from Mowbray. You've played with the the Tassie Tigers. I can remember as a a, a young 
um, young man going down or even a young kid going down and, and we're, for every Christmas and birthday we would get our Tassie Tigers junior membership and we'd get a little key ring and that would give us access to Bell Oval and I was very fortunate I didn't live too far away from there. What, what, what was it like growing up playing, you obviously played state cricket really early but then to get onto the big stage, how important is it to, to be Tasmanian from your aspect and, and what did that provide you growing up? Oh, look, I think I was provided with absolutely as much as anybody else that was um, had sporting aspirations anywhere else in, in Australia or anywhere else around the world, to be honest. I mean, it was, there was probably always a bit of negativity, wasn't there, for, you know, how are you going to make it coming from Tasmania and, you know, you, and all that type of thing. But I, that, I never looked at it that way at all. If anything, for me, it was always just a little bit more of a challenge, you know. Um, and, I, and I had, luckily, and like you, Jack, and like Payne, you know, luckily at, at a really young age, I just had really good people around me that were, you know, willing to help out and wanted the, the best for me. And, and, you know, going back to the very early days of the, at the career club, I mean, I've told these stories a thousand times, but as a, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-old, I used to wake up Saturday morning and jump on my BMX bike and ride to all over the north of the state to um, about the only place I couldn't get to was Westbury. That was a little bit too far for me to get to on my, on my BMX. But I'd ride to every other ground. I'd be there before the A-grade team turned up. Um, I'd wait outside the change room door for them to open it up and then, I go in, sit in the corner, and just listen to what the the A grade boys were talking about 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 the game of cricket that was that was sort of happening that day, and that was, you know, I, that, I just loved every every minute of that. And the closer I got to the A grade team, and you know, I started playing a bit of junior cricket, and and they just looked after me right the way through to you know the age of sort of fifteen when I you know left um, Brooks High School after year ten and packed up a pretty small bag of clothes that I had and a, and a cricket kit and headed over to the Cricket Academy in Adelaide, and that's where things really really took off. You know, I was hanging out with some uh, you know, guys that were probably four, five, six years older than me that were obviously a lot more advanced in their cricket than, than I was. But just to be training, you know, twice a day, six days a week in that sort of environment, you know, got just really, I guess, uh, sped up my learning processes and the learning curve to, to what it was going to take to, to play, you know, first-class cricket and then hopefully one day play for Australia because that was all I really I really dreamed of. I mean, I, I, was, I played junior footy, you know, up until a, a certain age, but it was, you know, it was really always going to be Back cricket pocket, and, and thank. No, I was always on the ball to my big engine. Run all day, mate. I've <laughs> lost it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was, yeah, I was always going to be cricket, and thankfully I, I chose that path and it worked out well for me. So, um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, so Rick, I had a, uh, a call from Michael Divinudo yesterday, um, and he tells me, as great as your career has been for Australia and, and Tasmania, it was very, very close to not happening. He said there was an alarm issue in your very first game, I think, in Adelaide. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that? I do. It was a classic painting. I was uh, Diver, so it was my, it was 19, what was it, 1991 season, whenever I debuted, and Diver had played, Diver was one year older than me, he played the last game of the season before, so we were the two young blokes in the Tazza team and on the road in, for game one in, in Adelaide, and uh, we were rooming together, and we'd done our couple of days of training leading into the game, did everything right, we stayed in, we had room service in the room together, we watched the, we watched the movie, and I was left in charge of setting the alarm clock between the two little single beds, you know, you set the little table, just separate them with a sort of inbuilt alarm clock, and I set the alarm clock, and off to sleep we went, and then sort of woke up to a ring in the morning, and I leaned over to turn what I thought was the alarm clock off, but it was the room phone ringing, uh, and it was, uh, it was shippy from the ground, um, basically, where the bloody hell are you blokes? I'm like, what are you talking about? I looked over the clock. And we'd slept, we'd slept in, and Booney was captain. So Diver and I just jumped up as quick as we could, put our, got our gear on, dragged our kit bag down to the ground, and walked in. Luckily, it was raining. Walked into the indoor centre, and all the boys were sitting in a circle 
on the Adelaide Oval Indoor Centre there in Booney had basically said, if any of you guys even look at them or speak to them when these two young blokes walk in, then it's a $200 fine on the spot. So Div is 18 and I'm 17, and we're walking in. I'm trying to, I was trying to get to know half the blokes. So I've been in Adelaide for two years at the Academy and didn't even really didn't do a pre-season with the boys or anything. So I didn't really know half the boys. And so I walked into a pretty uh, frosty environment day one. Um, anyway, got to bat in the in the on day one with Booney for a while. I think we put on 100, 120 or something together day one of the Shield game. And then, so things picked up a little bit through the course of the day. But I remember walking back into the hotel that night at sort of seven o'clock and I could hear the alarm going off. I set it for 7 p.m. and not 7 a.m. So, <laughs> bit of a rookie mistake. And was Div a 12th uh, man as well? Was it Because I think that was uh, the story that came through. He was actually the 12th, so he... Yeah, I think he was. I think I'd actually taken his spot. He played the game, the last game of the year before, and I think I'd come in and taken his spot because Booney was obviously back as well because uh, Booney didn't play too many shield games back then. So Booney was back and I, I'd come in and, uh, yeah. So um, not an ideal start uh, pre-game, but thankfully we got through the game with a few runs. Well, yeah, well, it sounds like you're uh, building a nice little partnership there with Booney. The, the big thing on the on the... In the cricket world at the moment, it's the build-up to the Ashes, and then obviously Joffre Archer's uh, not going to make it over here. You've seen him punter a little bit firsthand with the Hurricanes when you were coaching and, and playing there. How big of a loss is he going to be for for England? No, massive loss. He just gives them something that's a little bit different. And, you know, Payne's played with him and obviously played a bit against him as well at test level. I mean, he's, if you look at what Broad and Anderson and even... Um, was it Robinson last game? You know, you've got these guys that are sort of in the low 80 miles an hour sort of category, but he, he can crank it right up and be as quick as anyone in the world sort of out of nowhere. And he's got a bit of a nasty streak to him as well. He's, you know, he's not, the other guys are out and out swinging seam bowlers. He's just got that extra gear. So he, he sort of rounds out their attack, if you like. Um, so he'll be a huge loss for them. The other one that, you know, potentially might not be as well now is Ben Stokes. We understand that he's taken a, a lead from the game and he definitely lead from the game. And Gash is not that far away now. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Well, I certainly will anyway. Payne might, but I'll keep my fingers crossed and hope that he does play because he's one of the, the great players in world cricket, Ben Stokes. And, um, you know, watching some of the things he did in that last Ashes series, he just looks like one of those guys that you, you want to have on your team, in your team, you know, whether it's bat or ball or, or in the field. He just adds so much to that, to that team. But, yeah, look, it's it's always an exciting time, Jack, as Payne, and as Payne would know, like any sort of build up going into an Ashes series whether it's a home one or an, or an away series they are extra special you know, it's the pinnacle of our game as far as I'm concerned you know series against India have gotten bigger and grown over the years but you know as a as a past player there's still I still the hairs of my neck still stand up when we're getting together for, for the first day of, a, of an Ashes test of the first day of the first test of an Ashes series it's, it's something extra special. Payne you're uh, are you sleeping a lot easier now that you know that Joffrey won't be making his way uh, to uh, out to Australia? Certainly am. I couldn't lie. I was asked about it last week, actually, when it came out, and it was one of the better nights' sleep I've had in a long time. <laughs> um, not too disappointed that he's not here, but as Rick said, I'd love to see Ben Stokes here, um, mainly for, for if he is here, he's healthy and he's doing well. So that that's a really important part of of sport is we want the greatest players playing, but um, we want Ben Stokes fit and well. Uh, Joffre, though, with it's just a little elbow injury, I'm happy for him to have 12 months out. So that will be great, Rick. Um, Obviously, the West Indies Tour and the Bangladesh Tour has just wound up. Uh, what was You've obviously run your eye over that. What was your take on that? Um, obviously, disappointing for the Australians. Yeah, very disappointing, Payne. Um, you know, there's so many names that are not there, but still, you know, with the, the teams that we were playing, and the West Indies have struggled for a long time, although their white ball cricket has always been you know, reasonably competitive. It's their test cricket that's been the, um, the real drop-off for them for the last sort of maybe 20 years, but... 
Um, yeah, I, I, even with it, looking at the Bangladesh series, you know, well, there's Finch not there, Warner not there, Smith not there, Maxwell Stoinis, you know, Jai Richardson, a lot of these guys. There's a lot of players that aren't Payne. there. But the thing that Payne not there, yeah, Cummins. unavailable for selection. Yeah, Cummins not there. I mean, the names, they make the names roll on, but the thing is, with me, it almost seemed like they got worse through that series. You know, that yeah. they would have been training on those wickets, and there's no doubt that those conditions were, were really, really difficult. I think the high score was 131, wasn't it, through the, through the five games. Um, yep. And Australia only managed 60 or 62 in the last game, but that's the worry for me, that they'd been there for, you know, long enough. They would have done some training on wickets that you would have thought would have been quite similar to what they played on, yet, you know, the further the series went... Um, you know, whether it was just a lack of confidence or lack of skill or, or lack of game awareness in, in those conditions. But um, I'm sure they would have been shattered. I, I listened to what Wadey had to say. And, you know, he, he was pretty shattered, wasn't he? And, and you know, just the lack of um, know-how and skill, I guess, in those conditions has brought us undone again. I mean, that's it's been the Achilles heel for Australian cricket for as long as I can remember is, you know, particularly probably test cricket in in conditions where the ball's turned. But I think we've always found a way to be very competitive and very good to be honest in in sri lanka and in, in india in, in white ball cricket but um yeah it just goes to show that probably the the depth around australian cricket um right now is probably not where it needs to be and um yeah so there's yeah there's some work to do there i mean the t20 world cup is not far away as we know it's just on the back of the the ipl that's coming up in, a, in about a month's time so um and hopefully we get all our boys fit and healthy and ready for that t20 world cup because I still think with everyone fit and healthy uh, in you know in the UAE, I, I still think that Australian team can can push really hard forward to win that title. Um, it's one that has eluded us in the past, but uh, let's keep our fingers crossed and hope we put a, our strongest playing eleven on the on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Now it was I think yesterday or the day before it was announced as well that the, some most of those players you've just mentioned that weren't there will be going to the IPL. Are you? I mean, I personally think that's the best preparation for them, playing on those grounds against you know some quality opposition under pressure. Do you think that's that's the best preparation we can possibly get for our World Cup side? Yeah, I'm glad you know that because I've, I've actually been asking that question of a few of the boys to, to see if they actually are going to come off and finish the back half of the tournament. There's no doubt it's their best preparation, Tony, to be yeah. in those exact conditions, playing probably the strongest um, you know domestic. T20, T20 tournament in the world, which is the IPL. Like all the best players in the world will be there. We know how good some of the young Indian talent is, um, and I'm just, I'm not just saying that because I want some of the Australian players there with the Delhi Capitals. But there's, it, you know, to be, it sounds like our domestic season is going to be pushed back, so there would have been no cricket to be played here in, in Australia before they went to the T20 World Cup. So, preparation-wise, absolutely spot on. I, I'm not sure if there's going to be any restrictions put on um, some of the bowlers that are going. Um, there may very well be. Um, but certainly for guys like Smithy and Davey and Maxie and Stoyne, those guys that have been out of cricket for, well, they haven't played for probably three or four months now. They they need to get back into the groove of, of playing you know, high-quality cricket again against the best players in the world. So, uh, changing codes here, mate. You know, you're, you're a passionate um, passionate North Melbourne supporter um, and obviously uh, I would say a heavy hitter down there at the Kangaroo oh. Land. But, um, I've heard unofficial CEOs. Unofficial CEO. <laughs> Rightio. I'd love to get your take on the, on the Carter Report. I'd absolutely be all for, and I've been on the front foot saying it for years, I'd, I'd love to see a, a Tasmanian team, or Tasmania 
represented in the AFL. That'd, that'd be that'd be awesome. Make it make the team up of half the boys from North Lonnie Paney, and we'll be halfway there. <laughs> but I actually thought right at the start you might put a few of them in your Mount Rushmore. I was expecting Jason Gibson <laughs> or Marcus Todd. Actually, Bolton got but... in there nearly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, Rick, you touched on North Melbourne and the power that you yelled there behind the scenes. Um, what have you made of of their rebuild? That's looking very very exciting. What they've been able to do in the last sort of six or seven weeks. Yeah, it, it has. It's actually been a lot of fun to watch, Paney, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's, the results are obviously not there just yet. We've seen the four wins in the draw so far in, in this season. But I think it, it's looked quite drastic. The Jan Jacks obviously just played against them on the weekend. But it, it's from where they were at the, you know, the first half a dozen, six or seven games of the season, where they were you know, getting 100 points kicked against them every game and then not being able to score. It's, and, and you can see even with the way some of the last couple of games have, have gone, you know, they were really in the game against Geelong, weren't they, down at, at Blunston. Um, and they really they stuck to a certain game plan and style right the way through the game. Even even though they you know they were getting behind in the game and the game was slipping away, they they still wanted to play their way and their method and you know trying to get back in through the corridor and play fast moving attacking footy through the middle of the ground. And that was the same against you guys on the weekend, Jack, wasn't it? I mean the game was slipping away, but they they stuck to it. Looks like a real teaching method that Noble sort of got in place there. And, um, you know, some of the midfielders, especially, I think. I, mean, I think I think Simpkins is a star. I think Taron Thomas is. Like if he's not a you know getting gone to that sort of A grade sort of status now, will be in in 12 months time. Um, David Uniac's been really good. Uh, some of the young blokes that they've debuted this year as well have, have looked like they're up to the mark. Phillips and Powell and these sort of guys, um, Lazaro and you know, so there's, there seems to be you know, they, and they seem to be look like they're really enjoying it as well. I think at the start of the season, you know, it looked like there were a few shoulders were slumped and they didn't really know where they were going. But it seems like the direction now and the path that they're on um, looks really exciting. So, but there's still the concern for me, Payne, is you know Josh Kelly was sort of linked to maybe wanting to come uh, back yeah. to Melbourne, but that one's another one that slipped through. So they just haven't been able to you know, land that really big marquee signing from another club that they've chased for the last five or six years. You know, they went all out for Dugowie and went all out for Kelly and. Well, Dusty was very close Dusty, to going, yeah. as Jack would as Jack would Jack know. But another land that. Um, um, so, but it's yeah, it's been yeah, it's, it has been fun to watch. I must admit, in 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 lockdown, I look forward to the, the Friday nights, Saturdays, and Sundays, and just sit and watch uh, half a dozen games of footy over the weekend, and probably over a hundred bets on the races. That's about all I've been doing for the last, <laughs> the last few weeks. Last one for for us, punter, and um, you, you you obviously speak very humbly. Um, you are you are the greatest sportsman to ever come from from Tasmania. You've raised from humble beginnings. Your parents are absolute champions. Um, the the one question that I that I can't answer is how how does someone who is born and bred salt of the earth end up um, having their own winery and uh, wine uh, brand? <laughs> we had a a prop put to us uh, a couple of years ago about what, what what you think about um, having your own label and I thought about it for about five minutes and ran it past Renner and said yeah let's do it um, why not you know and any any time I go into anything like this you know whether it's a sponsorship deal or into a business thing I want to make sure I've got the right people around me and uh, an ex Mowat Hennessy guy is one of our other um, investors in the business and, and Ben Riggs who's one of Australia's best winemakers it's based in South Australia, we've got those guys involved in the in the business, and you know we've got a, a couple of Tasmanian wines in the in the line as well, a Tasmanian Chardonnay and a, and a Pinot Noir. Obviously, both from the north of the state for the first couple of vintages, and we'll look to, to get some grapes and some some um, wine from 
the south of the state probably next year, but it's given us a real passion and something to work on through some, some pretty tough times. We really do appreciate you joining us here, mate. Um, you've certainly made a, well, certainly made my day coming on the radio. I really appreciate it. And growing up as a young Tasmanian and a lot of kids all around the country, not and, and the world, sorry, have idolised you and your cricketing ability. We appreciate you joining the show, mate. No, it's been an absolute pleasure, boys. All the best with everything, and I'll hopefully catch up with uh, both of you in the not-too-distant future. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, mate. Well, we'll be back shortly. You're listening to Jack and Paney on SEN Hobart and around the country on the SEN app.